Hello and welcome to A Mighty Practice, a podcast about how to identify and overcome your creative roadblocks. I'm your host, artist and coach, Christine Garvey. In each episode, I'll share challenges I've encountered in my own creative practice over the last 15 years and techniques I've developed to work through them. If you're feeling blocked, frustrated, or overwhelmed in your creative work and you don't know where to go, you're not alone, my friends, and you're in the right place. Hello and welcome to episode three of A Mighty Practice. Christine Garvey here with y'all today. Uh, just, you know, doing that my quarantine thing over here one day at a time. And what I wanted to talk about in today's episode, um, something that I am noticing big time in just watching it myself, noticing with the people that I work with, are our creative expectations, our expectations of our art and of ourselves during this particularly challenging moment. These expectations are heavy, my friends. I am hearing some just very like long lists of things that we want for ourselves right now. And so I'm recording this episode specifically when we're in quarantine because I'm noticing that there is this impulse to want to be productive during this time. That we're home, in theory we should have, you know, like lower distract fewer distractions, and we should be able to start that creative project that we have been meaning to start for so long. And I'm noticing that people are just trying to move forward as if nothing is going on, like as if nothing has happened, as if, you know, they're not kind of processing the information of the reality of the situation they're in. And they're still expecting those expectations of themselves to be really high and of their work to be really high. So I thought this would be a good kind of topic to talk about today and how those expectations that we have of ourselves as artists and the expectations we have of what we want our work to do both personally and professionally, how those things can be holding us back. So if we were to pause for a minute and think about all of the things that we not just want our art to do, but we expect our art to do, it's a long list, you know? So maybe what you are holding on to, and again, this list is going to be very different for everybody, Maybe what you expect of your work is it to be very original, deeply personal. Maybe you want it to connect to political themes or you want it to be inspired by nature. Maybe you want to challenge the patriarchy in your work or you want there to be a sense of humor. Maybe you want your work to deal with certain techniques because you have a perception that, you know, quality work or real quote-unquote real serious work only deals with these tools and these materials and these themes Um, and on top of that whatever else is on that list maybe you want somebody to buy the work you want them to put it on their above their couch and maybe not just anybody to buy the work maybe you have specific people in mind that you want to validate your work and that that's going to legitimize it in some way so Whatever this list is for you, it's going to be different, as I say, is that all of these things subconsciously, we are holding on to these things when we sit down to work a lot of the times. 
and I call them an expectations tangle because think about the image of you're sitting down to work and you have all of these expectations like tangling you around the ankles and any step you take is a misstep. Any step you take with these expectations, you are failing in some way. Maybe you're succeeding in your eyes in one area, but you're failing in another, right? You're setting yourself up for a lot of trouble. And so a lot of the times what I notice in the people that come to work with me is they have a map of what they want their work to do and where they want it to be seen and validated and how they want it to perform. And they say, here, I have this plan. You know, I want to go here. Here's the destination. It has to be this. Just tell me how to get there. Tell me what I have to do. Right. And what happens is that this path is so narrow. It's so specific. It's so firmed up ahead of time that they end up losing a lot of the motivation to play, to get in touch with themselves, to let the work blossom and to basically allow for discovery because in the creative process, the discovery period is key. And if you over plan and you over articulate, there is not as much flexibility and slack for, for the moment of discovery. Okay, so what ends up happening is, is we can cut ourselves off from other possibilities and opportunities in our creative work. And this is both, you know, in the creative practice and in the professional world. And we can oftentimes cut ourselves off from our natural gifts, some of the things that we need to pay the most attention to. So for me, the truth of this that, that I have um, come to terms with and I've really tried to embrace in my creative life is that you need to let your art first be in service to your life, your own life first, before it can do anything else, before it can be in service to other people's lives. It has to first be in service to your life and what you need and what you want to see in process. It has to be less about performance and more about service. One of the people that I, and if you look at any artist that you love, I guarantee you this is a piece of their creative process. So somebody that I love, um, an artist that I always think about is James Castle. And he, you probably have not heard of him before. He was an outsider artist um, in the 20th century. He worked mainly in drawing and he was deaf and he lived isolated on a farm in Idaho where he, it's believed that he, uh, or not confirmed that he could read or write. And so drawing was really his way of communicating something about the world and what he saw in a way of him understanding himself in, in a deeper way. And so he would just draw his farm and all of the different viewpoints of it and all of the details that he noticed again and again and again. And a lot of the times he didn't have any paper or so he was drawing on material like found materials or cardboard or things like that. And so he made a hugely prolific body of work. He was totally voracious in his curiosity because it was in service to his life and what he needed in that moment to communicate. So he made this body of work. He was unknown for a very long time. And I think um, many years later he was discovered and the, the drawings became incredibly celebrated. And eventually his work was included in the Venice Biennale. So 
it's just to say that that place of when you connect with somebody's work and you're standing in front of it and you're like, wow, there's something so honest here and so authentic. It's because they have known the truth that you have to first be in touch with yourself and be in service to yourself before you can serve others. So it's a question of, of how do we do that and how do we ask the questions that can get us there. Okay. And again, this is a challenge. I struggle with it too. So I will give you some of the tools that I use when I am trying to work through this or get in touch with that practice in my own work. And what I would say is the first thing that I would recommend that you do is make a list of all the things you expect your art to do. What do you expect the work to look like? What do you expect it to feel like? Where do you expect it to be shown or shared? Is there a particular venue that you expect it to be, you know, distributed through a platform? Who do you want to see it? Who do you expect to see it? And who do you want it to respect it? Do you have expectations around that? About other people and their opinions of it? Do you expect it to fit in with other work? Do you expect it to respond to trends or other artists out there that you admire? Do you expect it to kind of um, find its place in a very specific arena or specific market? Do you expect to sell it? Is that affecting how you approach things? Do you expect to be using only a certain medium? What is that list of expectations that you have of your work? Do you expect it to support you? right? And can, how, like, where does that fit in and affecting what you make? Okay. All of these things you are, when you're sitting down to work, we are sitting down with all of these questions that are there that can potentially be driving on us. And we have to be conscious of them because they may be shaping the themes that we approach or the methods that we use or the, the models that we look for. And what we want to affirm to ourselves, it has to be this way. It cannot be any other way. So these questions that I just listed are what I call expectation questions. What you expect your creative work to do. You could do the same thing for your professional life. What do you expect yourself to have done or have seen or have made by a certain time? And are those expectations of yourself incredibly limiting? And are they cramping you up? from exploring new ideas and new pathways. What is that list of expectations? Can you set it aside? Is it serving you? And what we have to shift is instead of asking expectation questions of our creative work, we have to ask values-driven questions. These are really different. These are questions that want to ask, how can the work be in service to where you're at right now? How can it be in service to your point of view and what's important to you? So an example of some values-driven questions might be, what do you want to feel right now? Do you want to feel grounded? Do you want to feel calm, playful, silly, quirky, strange, dark? What is the feeling that you want to get in touch with? What do you feel right now? And how do you want your art to hold that with you? Be a place for you with that feeling, to let you sit with that feeling and be with it. Whatever it is, it's all right. Everything is right. Okay. What tools or ideas are most interesting to you? 
not what you think is trendy, not what you think other people are going to approve of. What are tools that you are interested in for no other reason other than that it just seems exciting and you've got questions about it? What ideas and tools are interesting to you? And then what do you want to pay attention to? What's important to you? Attention is love, y'all. It's saying that that is where I want to put my sense of interest and importance. That's what I want to ask about. That's what I want to know more about. It's a, it's the attention is how you express not just your point of view, but what you're engaging with and how you can, you know, digest that and put, and put, you know, put your perspective out in the world about what those things are. Okay. So what do you want to pay attention to? That would be the last one. Um, in this moment, I'll give you an example for myself. Um, in this moment, as a creative human, I just had a show in um, North Carolina, and so all of my drawings are in quarantine there. And it's it's a was a very specific body of work that I was working on for numerous months. And now I'm a little bit lost. You know, I'm in the beginning of the creative process again. I don't exactly know where I'm going, but the cool thing is, is I'm okay with that. I have learned from years of practice that it's normal to feel this way, and I've created space for it. And so. When I'm beginning this process again, I'm asking myself, what do I need to feel right now? And in this case, in this moment in quarantine, with everything going on, what I want to feel is grounded. What I want to feel is contained. What I want to feel is the catharsis of repeating, of monotony, and how in that monotony, which we're experiencing and being home all day, there is difference, there is variance, and I want to try to find that. And so what I'm doing is I am drawing, you know, myself from observation. I'm sitting and I'm doing self-portraiture. I have never done, just to be clear, like this is not something I've ever done before outside of the casual self-portrait in undergrad, you know. So, but this feels right. It feels, I feel flow. I don't feel friction. I'm trusting that this is an interesting place to be and that I don't have to know what the results are. I don't have to know where this is going to lead me. I just trust it because I'm interested in it. Okay. And I know that it will take me to just from years of experience to the next thing. So get in touch with how you want to feel. How can your art be in service to that in this moment? And then the, the kind of closing thought around that is like, think less about what you want your work to do, more how it can serve you. Think less about destinations, overly specific destinations, right? Because those can be really narrowing, really confining, and more about directions. You want to keep following your creative thrill. This is the other challenging part is if if you are overly invested in a very specific destination, what will happen is that along your journey, when a a creative thrill pops up that is not in how you perceive uh, things are supposed to go and the way that your work is supposed to be, quote unquote, and what, you know, what real work looks like and all of that stuff, you're going to extinguish that creative thrill. And in extinguishing that creative thrill, you are denying a part of yourself. You're not allowing yourself to know yourself better. So you have to create room, have to create slack for those thrills to pop up and for your, for your creative life to expand and grow where it needs to. So the map has to, could potentially look different. Think more about direction, less about an overly specific destination. Okay. So that is my offering for you today as it comes to creative expectations. All of this is about getting in touch with how you want to live your life, 
what you want your art to do in that life, and that you get to decide what your values are and what's important to you. So look at those questions, revisit them, and cultivate permission because that's what we need in this moment. We need a lot, our expectations to be far, far lower than they are for ourselves. And we got to be kind and give ourselves permission to follow the thrill. So I will leave it there. Good luck out there, y'all. And we'll see you sometime soon. Bye-bye. If you want to dig deeper into some of the ideas that we talked about here today, check out my online class, Identifying Your Creative Blocks, or my eight-week creative practice course, Creative Momentum. You can learn more about me and my work at christine-garvey.com or through signing up for my bi-weekly newsletter, A Mighty Practice. <laughs>